Hey everybody, Dave Hagan here. Today I want to talk about retirement plans. But it's so boring. But we need to know something about it. So we're going to spend a little bit of time. That's today on the Financial Wellness Podcast. Welcome to the Financial Wellness Podcast, Dave's weekly message to keep you on your path to the financial success. Here is your host, financial problem solver and talk show host, Dave Hagan. Hey, thank you, Nick. Everybody, it's the Financial Wellness Podcast coming at you from beautiful downtown Van Nuys, Uncle Studios in beautiful downtown Van Nuys. Oh, look, it's Brian Reed. Hey, What's going on there, Dave? Hey, how you doing? Appreciate you driving out to the studio. Always good to hang out. Good to be here. Anything good this week? Anything new and exciting? Uh, nothing that I want uh, on the podcast. Nothing that we'll, you would read? We'll talk later. But you're wearing you're wearing a t-shirt that says Funkel. Funkel, I am. I am a fun uncle. Can we see that? Can we say that on the, on the air, Funkel? You can. You can go ahead and even read, read oh, it if you like. Like a dad, just way cooler. Okay. I like that. Exactly. I like that. So we'll call you- Shout out to my nephews in Seattle. We'll call you Funkel. Brian. <laughs> oh, man. So today, let's talk about retirement plans. And I know for most of our listeners on the younger side, starting out in their careers, it's like, what? I don't want to talk about retirement. But there's some reasons that we should listen to it. Um, I think back to Stephen Covey in his book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. He said, begin with the end in mind. So if we're all beginning our careers, we should also think about the end a little bit to know what that path is going to look like. Uh, another reason we should know a little bit about it is, hey, Social Security. And we've talked about this before, Brian. Social Security is getting about 14%, 7% out of your paycheck, and your employer puts in another 7%, about 14%. And they're admitting that it should only cover as little as 40% of your retirement needs. Now, I don't know about anyone else, but, uh, you know, if, if I was getting 14%, 14, 15%, putting it in some uh, re a device that's attached to the stock market over 30, 40 years, that's going to pay big money, not just 40% of what I need. But there's not too much that we can do to get, a, get around it. Maybe that's a discussion we have with our other <laughs> uncle <laughs> at some other point or our elected representatives. But I think that's another reason why we need to know a little bit about retirement plans. Um, a third idea, fewer employers are offering pension plans and uh, a lot of them are not even offering retirement accounts anymore. It used to be, you know, you sign up and you work with uh, Boeing and you do 30 years. And after 30 years, they give you a pension. They give you so much money every month for the rest of your life. A traditional pension plan. But you don't see that much anymore. You don't see those that much. Even companies not uh, doing 401ks and, and what have you for their employees. Uh, you don't see that as much. So I think that we need to know a little bit more about those plans and some ways that we can, we can plan around them. You know, gig economy employees need to rely upon themselves. Uh, more and more people aren't working full time for one country's co country, one company. <laughs> and I think that, uh, you know, millennials especially need to understand what other plans and, and options are available uh, for their future. 
you know, and, and especially I think for, for millennials, you know, re- retirement savings, retirement money is a function of time and money. And now's the time to start thinking about this and contributing to this and kind of figuring out where you want to be. So I think those are all really good reasons why um, younger folks, um, millennials, uh, even uh, middle-agers should be thinking a little bit or know a little bit about retirement plans and what's out there and what's not going to be out there for them. So what is going to be out there for them, you know, especially these millennials that probably aren't thinking (laughs) about this right now, but they need to be. Well, I mean, I didn't think back then about retirement. Mm -hmm. I mean, who really thinks about retirement when you're just, you know, ramping up into your career? What's going to be out there? Well, I mean, Social Security, sure, but, you know, Social Security doesn't pay rent in L.A., um, so I think that people are going to have to think about, uh, you know, retirement as a, a long-term journey, and they're going to have to think about money from Social Security, and I think they're going to have to think about money from from other sources, because otherwise, the there are just not going to be, there's not going to be enough money for all these people that are retiring, especially, you know, the younger generation. My goodness, that's this big, you know, big bubble of people that are working it through. In fact, the baby boomers, you'd include in that. Mm-hmm. All these people that are retiring, all these people that are going to have, you know, needs for housing and food and whatever. And and if they haven't put any money away, um, that's going to be pretty tough. You know, even people with traditional pensions, for, for that matter, someone that's, uh, uh, you know, worked for I don't know, TRW. I don't even know if that company's around anymore, but that mm-hmm. was a big aerospace company back in the day. And uh, so you get a pension from TRW and you get Social Security. For a lot of people, um, even that's not enough. You know, hopefully they've had the good fortune to own their houses and they'll probably be OK if that's the case. But um, it's getting pretty tough. It's getting pretty tough. So I need, I, I don't know, I think people need to think about it more and more. And I think that there's going to be a lot of people that are going to get cut short. So that's, that's why we're talking about it. That's we're trying to, you know, shake people a little bit and, 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 and wake them up. So I, I think that one of, the, one of the barriers to thinking and talking about retirement plans is that it's, it's just too complicated. I mean, there's too many rules. There's too many things to remember. There's, there's defined benefit plans and there's IRAs and KEOs and profit sharing and 403Bs. And it's like, I don't know. That's way too much for the average person to know or think about, you know, especially while they're driving down the freeway on the, in LA on the 405 here. I want people focusing on the, on the road. But I think that it's way too complicated and takes too much time to study. So one of, one of the things I want to do, one of our goals of the podcast here today is to provide a real simple overview. We're not going to talk about all the specific rules because those change from year to year. The requirements change from year to year. But I want to take a look at the big picture so that people can understand the big picture of what's going on in the retirement um, arena. So... There's basically several different types of, of retirement plans. And, you know, first and foremost, probably, and think of this as a great big chart, maybe in your mind, at the top of the chart, the, the gold standard uh, is pensions. You know, if somebody used to work for a company for all those years, they'd get a pension, they'd get a nice gold watch, and they could walk off into the sunset, maybe with a house that's paid for and a pension and some Social Security, and, and life is pretty good. This kind of uh, retirement device is also called a defined benefit plan. So if you see someone talking about, well, it's a defined benefit plan, that's just, that's just gobbledygook for it's a pension. 
<laughs> make it simple. I think we see fewer and fewer of these, though. I mean, we've already talked about that a little bit. There are some unions. You know, we see a lot of um, union pensions in the Southern California area because there's a lot of unions involved in the in the motion picture industry. And, uh, you know, unions still have some, some pretty good pension plans, some amazing pension plans, actually. But we're seeing fewer and fewer of them. And so people are rolling out to different kinds of devices. So the next group that I want to talk about are retirement accounts. And again, if you're thinking about this on a grid, the pensions at the top and then the next group down is is uh, retirement accounts. And a couple of things just to think of generally. One, 401k plans are done through an employer and IRA plans you do for yourself. Think about that. And then each of those has two flavors. The traditional version of the plan uses pre-tax money. So you put in money that comes out of your check or money that comes out of your pocket that's considered pre-tax. So your taxable burden goes down in that year. Of course, when you take the money out, you got to pay the tax, sometimes on a whole bunch more money if you've been good at leaving it there and forgetting about it and investing in something uh, you know, attached to the appreciation in the stock market. The other flavor of 401k and IRA is Roth. And Roth uses after-tax money. So it's money that you've already got, that you've paid taxes on, and you put the money in there. But the appreciation, when you take it out down the line, isn't taxable. So traditional is pre-tax Roth is after-tax. Right, you put in after-tax money. Who is Roth? Well, you know, I, I think there was a, a character in The Godfather named Roth. <laughs> I think he was... I <laughs> is think it like he, David Lee Roth? Yeah, is... <laughs> well, or David Lee Roth. <laughs> Mobsters and musicians involved in our money. No, no, no. There was a uh, senator, I think his name was Bill Roth, uh, back in the day, and he was instrumental in getting this legislation through. I think it was in the you know, maybe before 2000, kind of in that area. And so they were nice enough to, uh, you know, to name it after Bill Roth. And I think he was from, uh, oh, I don't know, Delaware, New Hampshire, you know, one of those kind of um, uh, upper eastern portion of the United States kind of an area. So, um, so Bill Roth, you know, he's got this, I should say, William Roth, United States Senator William. Yes. Uh, So he's got his name all over these accounts. So, In this area of this hierarchy of uh, retirement devices, first at the top, you've got your pensions and then you've got your retirement accounts. And I want you to create a a grid in your mind of four quadrants for this area of retirement accounts. And on the left-hand side are going to be 401k plans, which are, again, employer-sponsored. And on the right-hand side of this grid are going to be IRAs, which are retirement devices that you do yourself. And in the upper portion of that quadrant, we're going to talk about basically your traditional 401k plan. We're in the upper left-hand quadrant of this of this grid. So the money comes out by your, well, it comes out of your paycheck, actually. And the best thing about a traditional 401k, it's matched by your employer. So not always, but almost always. And that's like getting free money. So you put in 3% of your pay and the, the 401k plan provides that the employer has to, to match that amount. So you're getting, it's like getting a, a 2 or 3% raise. 
and that money comes out of your check, they match it, and it goes directly into the into the 401k plan at the business. Now, you can take it with you when you leave. You have to put it into a rollover IRA or put it into someone else's 401k. You don't want to put it in your pocket because if you put it in your pocket, it's going to be income and there's going to be a penalty and blah, 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 blah. You have to keep it in a retirement account, but you can take it with you when you leave. Now, some places have such good 401k plans that are administered so well, that are returning so well, that they want to leave it behind. They want to leave it with the old employer. And and in some instances, maybe that makes sense. Although if you're not there contributing to the business, maybe you want to put the money in your pocket. Well, not in your pocket, but in a new retirement device and, and walk with it. But that's a choice that someone can make. Uh, the amount, the, the limit's $19,000 per year. Uh, it reduces your taxable income, so your current tax load goes down, but it is taxed later when you take it out. Now, the interesting thing about this, Brian, I think, is that you know traditionally we've always been told, put the money in, save the tax now, because when you pay tax when it comes out later when you're retired, you'll be taxed at a much lower rate. And while that's generally true, and that's why a lot of people did that, think about this, if you've left the money there for a longer period of time and you've had it invested in something that's returning a reasonable rate of return, that money could be two, three, four, five times of what you put in. So now you're paying lower taxes, but on this hugely larger amount, right? And I don't, I'm sure Congress didn't intend that. But um, I think that uh, it's a different way to think about it after we've you know, become accustomed to thinking about, especially on TFWP here, the the magic of compounding interest. interest right? Yes. You're going, wow. They're they're going to get the they're going to get the tax on my on my interest as well. Where if it wasn't tax free going in, um, it'd be tax free coming out. That's the Roth device. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. But uh, in some cases, uh, in a four hundred one k, you can borrow against it. But if you don't repay, it's uh, it becomes taxable, so it would become a real burden. And um, you really want to think seriously about whether you want to get into a 401k plan. Probably it makes sense if it's provided by your employer, mostly because it's got the match feature. It's like getting, it's like getting free money. Now, these kinds of 401k plans are um, very similar to 403b plans, but, uh, which is really just a 401k for employees of nonprofits. So don't get too uh, hung up in all the designation. It just remember it's a 401k plan. For government employees, there's a 457b plan. Um, you know, Congress must love all these different names and numbers and letters and stuff. But just remember that 403bs and 457bs are basically a form of 401k plan for for governmental employees and, and for nonprofits. All right, so we got this grid in our mind. And we're going to go to the lower left part of this grid. And we're on the left side of the grid, of course. So we're still talking about 401ks. But there's something called a Roth 401k. I didn't even know about this until recently. I, th I read an article on I go, oh, they're, they're confusing. Roth, IRAs, and 401ks. They're not. It's a 401k plan with Roth characteristics. So it's a newer device. And, of course, we all know that Roth means after-tax money. So if you do it right, the money will never be taxed again. So you take after-tax money and you put it into the 401k 
and you can take out in the future the contribution portion without incurring any tax because you're just taking back your after-tax money. Now, you wouldn't want to do that, but, you know, if, if, if your dog was dying and needed an operation, you could pull some money out to, to do that if you couldn't otherwise take care of that expense. And if you take out appreciation in the future, that is when you retire, that's tax-free as well. So you've already paid the tax on a much smaller amount when you put the money in, and there's no tax if you take it out correctly later on down the line. I don't know about you, I'm liking the feel of that, especially you know if we're looking several decades down the line and we're talking about money that's doubled, tripled, uh, quadrupled, that kind of a thing. Now, a downside to the Roth 401k is there's some limits on what you can contribute. So if you're, if you and your spouse are making more than like two hundred thousand, you're not going to it's not going to be um, you're not going to be eligible basically to put money in there. So uh, they kind of phase that out, but it's certainly certainly something to think uh, to think about for the vast majority of the people that uh, that are out there. All right, so let's go back to this con- uh, this quadrant that I'm talking about. The uh, right-hand side is the IRA side, and the upper right is just going to be your traditional IRA. You set this up yourself. It's pre-tax money, and you pay the tax later when you retire. We talked about this. There's currently a limit of um, $6,000 per year, and there's back and forth on how much it is. There are catch-up provisions, and there's provisions if you have other accounts or if you and your spouse are doing it together, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So we're not getting into specific dollar amounts. I don't want people to focus on specific dollar amounts. The point is the money is tax-free going in. It reduces your taxable burden, but when you take it out later, you have to pay. And if you take the money out early, just like they say on the commercial, substantial penalty for early withdrawal. So it's a 10% penalty, plus it becomes income in the year in which you draw it out. So someone who has to reach into their IRA, and I hope, you know, hopefully very, very few people ever have to do that, there is a pretty substantial penalty. But it's something to consider. It's a nice way to put some money aside. Um, you know, a lot of people say, well, it's forced savings. Well, I hope it's more than that. I hope it's a component of somebody's overall retirement plan. There's plenty of ways we can force savings. You can have a, a sweep out of your account, $100, $200 a month, if that's what you want to do. You don't need the the government or, or a plan to help you do that. But, um, you know, it, it's a good way to have another element to your overall retirement plan. And now the last quadrant that we're talking about is the lower right-hand corner. And of course, because it's on the right-hand side, it's an IRA. And the lower side, we're talking about uh, Roth. Maybe everyone sketch out on a piece of paper this quadrant and write these names in there so that it can help you think about it. Don't do it on the freeway. (laughs) I don't want to get served with a summons. Uh, TFWP contributed to some accident. Pull over if you need to do that and write it down on the back of a piece of scrap paper or do it later. Anyway, the Roth IRA. Uh, we know because it's Roth, it's after-tax money. We know that you can withdraw the contribution portion of it at any time without tax. And uh, if you take it out when you're in your retirement, you meet certain criteria like the money has to have been in there for at least five years. You can draw that money out tax-free. Very huge, very nice, and a very nice, um, um, again, portion or, or component of someone's uh, overall 
retirement plan. All right. So in your mind, you've got this chart that we're building and at the top is pension plans. And in the middle now, we've got this quadrant with these uh, retirement uh, accounts that we're talking about, Roth and IRA and Keo and et cetera. Under the bottom of this chart, I want to add in two other kinds of plans. The first is called a simple IRA. And it's kind of a deceptive name because you go, oh, I want a simple IRA. Well, an IRA is actually pretty simple. You go to the bank or you go wherever and you open it up. Uh, and as long as you qualify for that kind of an account, you just start putting money in it. But simple really stands for savings incentive match for employees. So it's it's for small businesses. It's a, it's a match program. So this is another good program if you work for a smaller business. I believe that the business has to have less than 100 uh, employees. Yeah, the money that's put in there is pre-tax money. Um, and there's a substantial penalty for early withdrawal. So it's a nice little plan, but it's kind of misnamed. It's kind of a hybrid kind of a device. Um, the money can be, you know, pulled out of it and put into a, um, a, a personal simple IRA or IRA account. So the money's not being held by the business, administered by the business. You get that money in your pocket and it's a nice little device to, to build up money tax free and then pull money out later on, on down the line. Now, there's another one called a SEP IRA. I mean, all these different kinds of IRAs that confuse, it's not really an IRA per se. It's for self-employed people with no employees. And it uses pre-tax money, and you can put into, get this, $56,000 or 25% of your income, whichever's less. Now, these are all 2019 amounts, but you can put a nice piece of money in there, but only if you're self-employed. A huge benefit if you're self-employed. So what you, if you're, and this might be too specific of a question, mm -hmm. but couldn't a person be self-employed and in this gig economy, you could have you're self-employed, but you could also have a traditional job at the same time. What if you're working two jobs? So you have a 401k from one and a, a SEP from another, from your private stuff. Well, I mean, People can have different combinations of these different devices, um, and that is really a question that would be presented to a you know like a, a CPA or a CFP, mm -hmm. um, because some of these you can't have both, and some of these you know you can have several or different. So certainly you could set that up, um, uh, but you'd have to check with your you know basically your accountant and make sure that you qualify for that. But you're right. I mean, if you were in a situation where uh, you know, you were at, at work and you were getting a 401k and you had a side gig and you wanted to throw all that money into retirement. Well, as long as you're otherwise qualified for something like a SEP IRA, you, you know, you could. Um, another thing that, that relates to all these different plans is they have varying degrees of, of cost, you know, to set up and administer. 401k, fairly complicated. You need a, a reasonably sized business to, to make that cost effective. Um, you know, the simple IRA, a lot easier to set up. I mean, you walk into, you know, a brokerage house and fill out some forms, much simpler to do. So the cost to administer, the cost to set up, um, that's always something that needs to be, you know, blended into the mix of what kind of devices you want in your retirement. Of course, if you're a traditional employee and they have a traditional 401k and they're matching, they're going to pay. The business is going to pay all the costs of administering that and set it up and, and uh, all the oversight and stuff that goes with that. So um, it just, it just depends. It just depends, you know? So I guess uh, people are asking, which is, which is best? 
Um, and it, it depends. It depends whether you're an employee or whether you're self-employed. It depends whether you're working one gig or two or whether you're going to be self-employed for a whole bunch of years. It, it depends. Um, if you're an employee, obviously the 401k is, is the best. And if, um, uh, you know, if you're an individual, maybe, uh, maybe you want to take a look at the SEP IRA. But again, you need to, because the requirements are so complicated, you need to sit down with uh, somebody and and uh, either an accountant or a CFP and map out a plan and make sure that you do qualify for the different kinds of things that you um, you want to get into. So um, I think it's really great stuff. We again we don't want to get in specifics to all the requirements, but if you think about this chart that I've talked about in your head with the pensions at the top and the retirement accounts in the middle and these oddball name two at the bottom, now you start to understand how this whole universe of retirement benefits, retirement accounts uh, are all put together and you can start to think about it and have a, you know, a um, a thoughtful and informed discussion with your your financial advisor. So, I mean, to sum it up, um, wow! Even even millennials need a plan. Social Security isn't going to get it done. Uh, traditional pensions are rare. Four hundred one ks are employer driven. IRAs are personally driven, and Roth IRAs are or Roth devices. Um, are using after-tax money. So think about that. Keep that straight in your head as you kind of think this through, and, and uh, then we'll see where we go from, uh, from there. And if anyone is uh, trying to have a, a mnemonic device that, to uh, keep these straight in your head, the 401k it starts with four, which is also the word for F-O-R. It's done for you by your employer. The IRA, I, I am in control. I-R-A, I is for, stands for you. Uh, actually, that's funny. I stands for you in this case. <laughs> I stands for you. A good way to uh, a good way to keep it uh, clear in your mind. And you know, if if you really want to get into the specifics of this, um, I found some great websites out there. I mean, there's tons of websites. The one that I liked was Nerd Wallet, which is a name that is kind of weird to me, but it's a Nerd Wallet, and you type in retirement, and they've got charts comparing all these different uh, types of accounts. Um, and so that's that's pretty cool if you want to dig deeper into it in terms of the amount that you can put in and, and what you have to do to qualify. And then, uh, Dave, what do you think about my retirement plan, which is... Uh, what is it? Well, it does include a little element of risk okay you might not be you know it's it's the california lottery (laughs) (laughs) one dollar every two weeks does go to the california lottery so you're saying that you make a uh, a weekly contribution to your retirement plan i'm making a bi-weekly potential contribution to my (laughs) retirement plan i don't know i i bought a lottery ticket a couple of times and i go oh i know I know this is going to win. This is my lucky week. You know, I uh, I, I didn't get uh, bumped by that car in the parking lot. Things are going well. This is my lucky week. And then uh, then I get the ticket and like none of the numbers <laughs> match. And I go, this is so stupid. I'm going back to work. I just threw away a dollar. That's all right. It's only a buck. Yeah. I mean, you can't even get a cup of coffee for a dollar anymore. Goodness gracious. Well, there you have it. Retirement plans, just a little bit of a primer, just a little bit of a beginner outline, some things to think about as you are listening to the podcast. This is Dave Hagan, and you've been listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast. You've been listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast, Dave's weekly message to keep you on your path to financial success. 
If you have a question that you would like Dave to answer on the podcast, go to thefinancialwellnesspodcast.com. You can leave an audio message with one click of a button or type your message into the question box. Either way, it's sent right to Dave's phone. Remember, Dave will randomly draw from the submitted questions and pick the winner of a free one-hour personal conversation with Dave to help you achieve your financial goals. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you receive the new episode notifications or share the podcast via the app with your family and friends. This is your announcer, Nick Appel, wishing you every financial success.